This is the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Collick, the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Kate Lismer, a writer, traveler, mother, and expat. As a woman who lives in a big city and likes to travel, I'm very curious about self-defense. I've never had any training, so I have a lot of questions. And I have a lot of answers. We figured you probably have similar questions too. And so we thought it'd be a great idea to share this conversation and put it in a podcast. So welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. Okay, so why should someone learn self-defense? We want to understand what options we have when we're in a situation where we need to defend ourselves, where we need to get out of the situation, where we need to de-escalate, where we need to keep ourselves safe. So when we don't have self-defense training, we all have a form of self-defense that we use on a daily basis. But when we don't have self-defense training, we don't know what options we have. We don't know how our bodies work in that particular capacity. And then we often feel that we can't do it. We won't be able to defend ourselves and we feel hopeless. So what I usually say in classes is self-defense just gives us options. Self-defense training is not like a cone of safety. You know, you're not going to learn some moves and then nothing will ever happen to you again or you're always going to defend yourself or whatever it is. It simply teaches you what options already exist inside your body and how to maximize those so that you don't feel hopeless, so that you feel that you have the confidence to go out into the world, go to work, get an education, party with your friends, travel all over the world, whatever it is that you want to do, knowing that you can rely on yourself to protect yourself to the best of your ability. If I was thinking of taking a self-defense class, like I would want to know what am I going to learn here that I don't know instinctually? I think what you would learn, so what you, what we do instinctively as self-defense is we curl up into a ball, right? That's our very first self-defense. You know, we, we were, we're actually born with, that's before we're born, right? The fetal position is the very first self-defense position for any of us, including animals, right? We all have it. So that, but that's really kind of one of the main instinctive ones. You know, you may have the instinct to freeze. You may have the instinct to run. Those are very biological responses. There's a lot of other layers to that as well, but those are some of the big ones. What you learn in a self-defense class in a, from a technical aspect is you learn things like balance points, um, not only for yourself but for another person. So oftentimes, especially women, people who are smaller than their aggressor or who feel like they're not as strong as their aggressor, um, we're kind of socialized to believe that we want to use power against power and strength against strength. But that's very difficult to do against someone who's a lot bigger than you. So one of the things we learn is balance points. And another thing that we learn is how to make the movements that we, we do to defend ourselves as powerful as possible and as effective as possible. So that's sort of answering your question without yeah. <laughs> giving you any details. But um, from a technical standpoint, you learn how to, if it's your instinct to slap someone, for example, you learn how to turn that into a much more powerful strike, not to hurt someone, but to make space so that you can get away. That's one of the 
um, first principles that we teach at Pretty Deadly is that self-defense isn't about fighting back and it's not about hurting people. It's about making space so that you can get away. And I'm thinking about, you know, I've fortunately never been in an attack situation, but in my mind, someone's going to come at me, you know, full force. And not only am I not going to know what to do, but I'm going to be rendered powerless, like immediately. That's just like my worst fear is that there is nothing to do. And I wonder how you help people just like mentally come into a situation. Um, I guess what shift can happen with, with a self-defense training? I think one of the most important shifts that people experience in any self-defense training, and certainly Pretty Deadly is very designed to do this, to create this kind of shift in the people who participate, um, is to learn to trust your own self-defense reactions. So freezing is a legitimate self-defense response. And it's not just something that helpless humans do animals do it that you know we know the term playing possum so that's that's a self-defense response that can be really useful but understanding the all the the cues that go into creating that response sometimes can help us feel a little less betrayed and a little less sort of self-betrayed and a little less hopeless do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I think that that fear of freezing, you're just going to be overwhelmed and overpowered and you're not going to do anything anyway because you don't know what to do, um, because you don't know if you can do it, is a really common and valid fear that most people have. Not just women, but I think people all across the board, including men, have that fear. But women specifically um, do not grow up practicing play fighting. We don't play fight. You know, we don't touch, we don't make full contact, we don't do all of those things. So a lot of it, too, is not necessarily um, training in in martial arts. It's called kata, when you train the same move over and over again. It's not necessarily training like that for muscle memory, but more the matter of what does it feel like to touch somebody with your hand, to touch a face with your knuckles, not to hit, but to touch you know, what does it feel like to make contact in these ways? And when we don't know any of this, when all of this is foreign, you feel like, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Hmm. Exactly. I wonder if you have just a few examples, either of your own or people that you've known who have been able to uh, put these skills into use. Um, yeah, I do have some examples one of the most common things that happen to people, um, and especially to women, is to be grabbed by the wrist, by the arm, or by the shoulder, right? Someone walks up behind and they kind of grab you to get your attention. Hey, lady, you know, or they grab your arm, they want to, you know, whatever it is that they want to do, overpower you. Um, one of the moves that we teach in Pretty Deadly um, addresses this specifically. So this is something that I often get emails about, which are always really great to hear because it sounds a little weird, but people get pretty excited, you know, like, oh my God, guess what just happened to me? And I got to use this move and it was really great. And you should have seen the look on the guy's face. And what's lovely for that, what's lovely in that for me isn't so much that they're so excited or that one of the moves worked. What's really rewarding is that that moment is not traumatic. 
So what would what may have been a traumatic incident in the past because you didn't know how to respond and you felt helpless and powerless. Now you have responded and now this is in, in this is this is kind of erased possibly a former traumatic incident. I don't know if that's really the case because I'm not a psychologist, but at least this one incident is not traumatic. This one incident is not going to affect you for the rest of your life. You know, you're going to feel empowered. I did something. I helped myself. What was the move that they're talking about? It's a move that in, so in Pretty Deadly, um, I'm going to back up just a little bit to explain how the program works. So, um, we don't, basically the entire program is based on the martial art that I've been training for 20 years, which is called ninjutsu. And all of the moves in Pretty Deadly are ninjutsu moves. But when you present these moves in a dojo with mats and people running around in their black, uh, gi is what they're called, but when people are running around in their black uniforms and screaming or being serious or whatever, it's really daunting, you know, no people don't feel often that that's something that they want to commit to. And martial arts has such a um, a sort of aura about it, you know, that you have to be serious and focused and really dedicated and do your kata 5,000 times a day and blah, 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 and learn all the terms, whether they're Japanese or Chinese or Korean or whatever. And I think most people feel like, you know, I just, I don't, I don't really want to get that into it. Right. Well, Which that's my, my next question right? is how long does it take? So, yeah. Right. How long does it take? So yeah. one of the beautiful things about ninjutsu is that, or at least the way that I was taught ninjutsu by my teacher, whose name is Chadwick Minj, um, is relating all of these movements to everyday movements. He did that for us to help us train outside of the dojo. But when I was training, it was mostly men. And his everyday movements that he related everything to were like, dude things you know like you know this putting this lock on someone is the same as you know changing the pipe under your sink which for me looks like writing someone a check you know I'm not gonna do that (laughs) so I had to look for other movements you know and as I developed the program I realized that these movements in a woman's life um or anybody's life often are so common that you don't need like 20 years of training to be really good at it because you've been doing it. You've just haven't taken these everyday moves and applied them to self-defense situations before because why would you ever think to do that? So what's an example of this? So for an example, and going back to your first question of what is the move about Mm -hmm. um, um, when somebody grabs you. So this example, we call this move the backstroke. Um, so if you've ever, especially girls and women know this specifically, like if you've ever been in a pool and you were swimming backstroke, especially as a little girl, and then you play mermaid, right? So you, you, you backstroke one arm and then you turn over with it, mm-hmm. you know, as you're with your pretend mermaid tail and all mm-hmm. the things that you're doing. But a lot of people have done that or at least done a backstroke. And even if they haven't, of course, then we find some other way to teach it. But, um, that move by simply placing your lightly placing your hand on the part of you that's been grabbed or that's being pulled and then backstroking your arm as you turn towards mm-hmm. the person who's pulling you sends them into a wrist lock that can be quite painful for them. Even if you forget 
to place your finger on the other person's um, grab of you, that's okay. It's simply the move and the reaction because it affects the wrist and it affects the rest of the arm. So it's really about balance and body dynamics that make it work. People, I mean, I don't imagine, unless you're a swimmer, that people are doing the backstroke every single day for 20 years and they're already really amazing at it, but you already know how to do it. So another example that I often use is putting your hair behind your ears. All women know how to do this. And when I work with uh, people who didn't grow up with long hair, for whatever reason, then we, it's, you know, putting your sunglasses on, is the exa- like James Bond, is the exact same move. This move, putting your hair behind your ears, is an elbow strike. And the strike is really on the upswing, as opposed to raising your elbow and then poking somebody. So it's kind of like a scrape up. But it really, it's exactly like putting your hair behind your ears, and you've been doing it all of your life. You're already really, really good at it. You're like master level. So you're taking sort of everyday movements and helping people learn these self-defense moves um, in, a, in a motion that they can already familiarize with. There's some body memory already. Exactly, exactly. So taking everyday movements and applying them to self-defense situations so that you don't feel like, oh my God, I'm never going to remember what this is called. I'm never going to remember how to do it because you've already been doing it. I'm never going to, it's, I, I don't want to do it because I'm relating it to punching and kicking and I don't want to hurt people, but putting your hair behind your ears doesn't hurt anybody at all. Right. So it's, it's a lot of it is also about breaking some psychological barriers we have about the idea of hurting people. I'm not advocating hurting people. I'm advocating making space so that you can get away with the tools that you already have. Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-defense program created by a 20-year martial arts veteran and violent crime survivor, Susie Collin, based in Berlin, Germany. You can learn more about Susie and the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense program at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com.